Hello, and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle, and I'm the proprietor and primary contributor to www.sonic-cinema.com. For my latest episode, I wanted to go back to my own personal history and look at the creative impulses that originally put the Sonic in Sonic Cinema. To be fair, it's perhaps a bit self-serving, but I also have not provided a creative update on, my, on the site in about a year, and it doesn't seem like a good time to do so. What led me down the path of pursuing a musical life, if not a musical career, right now at least? I think the initial catalyst may have been my time in the Lasseter High School band programs, where it was taught by Alfred Watkins and Sue Samuels. But the truth is, while I gained a profound passion for music during that time, even at the end of my junior year, I never really considered music as something that would continue after high school. That summer, or rather shortly before the summer, my mom and I went to go see Braveheart, and that is when things began to change. I'd already gotten deeper into listening to film soundtracks and classical music at the time, but the late James Horner's score for Mel Gibson's epic changed everything. Was it the best score I'd ever heard at the time? I might have thought so. But it was the first time that I had this feeling of, what if I could write something like that? And that was different. I'd never composed a note up till that point, and it wouldn't be until 1998 when I reached the major studies portion of my music industry degree at Georgia State University that I began to write music. Why didn't I at least start writing before then? I honestly have never really contemplated that question until now, but probably because I didn't have the means of playing it back, or really the knowledge about studio recording that I would gain at Georgia State. To say that I kind of went into my degree flying blind is an understatement. But while I had a steep learning curve, I caught on quickly, and once I started composing and recording, it was all I really wanted to do. If you listen to my early compositional work, you'll definitely hear a composer feeling his way through the process. But really, my aesthetic style was there pretty much from the beginning. I released my first pieces online in 1999, back on the original mp3.com website, and you can listen to most of those early pieces on one of my first two EPs, Creative Beginnings and Dark Experiments, which are available on CD Baby, iTunes, and Amazon, among other places, although you can hear some of the pieces on the Sonic Cinema music page. You can hear the influence of film music and films in these early works, even if they seem to come from a more classical tradition at times. From 1998 to 2001, I wrote over 20 pieces, and by the end of my time at Georgia State, I got more ambitious in the types of pieces I was writing. Removed from the creative environment of Georgia State, however, I got stuck in a rut. And while I would write some pieces at first, my lowly home studio of a Yamaha keyboard connected to a desktop computer through the line in port didn't really inspire me to do creative work the way the studios at GSU did. What occurred to me in hindsight, however, was that creativity sometimes happens in waves and can lay dormant for years, but it doesn't really go away. When inspiration strikes, creativity will occur naturally for as long as the spark is still lit. Admittedly, working at a movie theater is not terribly inspiring for the creative mind, but as I found out, it was all about the people I was around that determined how true that was. In addition to the rise of my creative side musically, the more I got into films and film reviews, 
the more I wondered whether I would not only be able to score, but maybe even make films myself. For the most part, my interest remained in the realm of composing, but when a co-worker at the theater made his own short film, the seed was firmly planted that maybe, given the chance and inspiration, that could happen for me as well. For that film, I was inspired to compose again, and it led to a string of creativity that made its way through 2004 to 2006, and would also produce my third album, Sonic Visions of a New Old West. That's a concept album that was inspired by the spaghetti western brilliance of Ennio Morricone, but also took the form of his soundtrack without film. I would plan out scenes to score, use common motifs and themes throughout pieces, and fittingly, the last piece I wrote for that album acted as an end credits piece bringing everything together. That album started out as stray pieces I was writing for that short film, but the end result was a breakthrough, and for me at least, showed that I had the chops to do film scoring for a feature. In 2005, he would make more short films, notably the Case series, which I would help out on in different capacities, and I not only scored them, but also began writing a script of my own that would become my first stab at filmmaking, Unwinnable Hand, A Thriller in Two Moments. If you're a longtime reader of Sonic Cinema, you know that I worked a long time in terms of years to film th that, but that I also couldn't finish it, more due to a lack of time and as a result of how long it took to even get one day of filming continuity. You can see what we managed to get done on my YouTube page with username bscuttle, but it's also embedded on the Sonic Cinema music page. I talk a lot about wanting to do film music and filmmaking as a career, and I would still very much like to make that happen, but when you don't have much in the way of connections to people in the industry, that makes it exponentially more difficult to break into. That's part of why I've wanted to do it myself, or rather why I feel like I have to do it myself in terms of making my own films or working on films that my friends have worked on. Experience is important in any career, but the paradox is if no one is willing to give you that chance to gain that experience, how do you get it? That was why when I found out about a certificate program offered by the Berklee College of Music online for music for film and TV in 2014, I wanted to do it. The three courses I took in those eight months provide not only an increased knowledge of, on the topic, but also the opportunity to score both individual scenes in a variety of genres, but also a short film or two, and do so in a way that was done properly with timecode and proper syncing, which was very much not the case on my earlier scoring attempts. It's true that from the outside, those months of schooling compounded with the years at Georgia State seem wasted time uh, because I'm still doing the same job I've been doing for 14 years now. But overnight successes never happen overnight. And from a personal standpoint, I've had a lot going on in the past year or so, as I not only got married, but I've also had responsibilities after my father's death in 2013 to take care of. I have started to lay some seeds, however, and drawing up with a group of filmmakers and actors who are in the same boat that I am and starting to try to develop our own projects. But unfortunately, that takes time and patience, which is a painful truth to a creative career. For now, I must live with spearheading my own projects and building up a fan base. 
early on as I was composing, as well as building up Sonic Sim on my chops as a film critic, I often felt conflicted in terms of trying to pursue both. But the fact of the matter is, it's all part of the same creative process. My musical talents and my filmmaking pursuits help give me an insight into the creative process, which helps me appreciate the art of filmmaking more, and thus gives me more to draw on as a film critic, while my constant discovery and viewing of new movies or rewatching of older ones gives me a chance to feed my creative impulses and maybe inspire me to create my own art. The ultimate combination of these two sides of me, which are really one side, was my 2010 album, Beyond the Infinite, A Musical Odyssey. This was a conceptual work that is an alternative soundtrack to Stanley Kubrick's 2001, A Space Odyssey. Don't get me wrong, the film's classical soundtrack is one of the best of all time, and Alex North's unused score is a beautiful footnote in that film's history. But I felt as though something new could be done by combining the subjective creativity of film scoring with an objective approach to the action that the classical pieces emphasize. This was creativity and criticism coming together in a fairly audacious way, and it was an absolute labor of love, originally inspired by a little three-and-a-half-minute piece I did back at Georgia State. The first piece for the album was written at Georgia State, with two more done in 2006, but I don't know that I could have pulled off the final result without the stepping stone of sonic visions of a new Old West because several sequences required a creative maturity and ambition I wasn't quite ready for back in 2000 and 2001, which was when I originally was wanting to do the album. How well did I do? Well, you can go to the commentaries page and download my Beyond the Infinite and 2001 Space Odyssey files, sync it with the start of the overture, and hear for yourself, as well as some of my spoken thoughts both on the film and the album. It remains one of the musical works that I'm most proud of in my career so far. In the first episode of this podcast, you'll recall that I likened my personal experience to that of George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. And while it's true that I'm extremely happy with my wonderful, ordinary life right now, I do still hope to build something more out of my creative and cinematic passions. Unlike my early years, however, I'm prepared to be patient while still trying to grow as an artist and as a critic. After all, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans, and it's precisely that life that I draw upon to inspire me in both a critical and creative capacity. Well, that's all for this episode of the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My original intent was to splice pieces of mine throughout the episode, but the fact of the matter is you can just go to the music page of Sonic Cinema and listen to pieces of mine and film score demos if you'd like as well as watch original videos set to my music. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you will tune in next time.